Jesus. Good morning, church. Good to see all of you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray now for all of the health issues right now, Lord. We just pray that you would be honored and glorified in all that we do and say. I pray, God, for wisdom for many that are involved in the world today. I pray, Lord, that we would look to you and understand your goodness. gifts you've ever given us, and so Lord, we want to honor you, and I thank you that we are having church on Christmas morning, what a great blessing to have a chance to, to worship Jesus Christ on the day of his birth that we're celebrating it, and many of us want to be with family, but this is a family, being together in church, celebrating the birth of your son. studying the Psalms, and we're going through the Psalms one by one. We're going to get through the first book of the Psalms, and then I'm going to start preaching on Revelation. And I think this is kind of an important aspect of life, Revelation right now. If you ever read Revelation, you're going to see what's going on in the world today and what we are warned about in that book. So it's imperative that you guys invite friends, family. circumstances for goodness in our lives? That's a real tough question. Because a lot of people I know go to church, but they only look to their circumstances to know that if things are good in their lives. To know that God is good in their lives, they only look to, well, am I making a lot of money? Do I have no debt? Is my house something that's paid off? Are my retirement funds not being affected? How much is the world really having issues with your circumstances, or are you able to find joy in the goodness of the Lord in all that you go through? We can look at all the problems in this world. It's very easy to be pessimistic.
or is it half empty? Is it three quarters of the way full or is it one quarter of the way empty? How do you view this in your life? You had a chance to look at this. You see that it's not full. Some of it's been taken out. But what is it in your life? Is it half empty or is it half full? Are you a pessimist? say that this is already not full, so it's a quarter of the way empty. <laughs> As my son says, that's the right way to think about it. Says the pessimist in our family. <laughs> Noah said it was wine. No. Yeah, God turned water into wine, but it's not that. I hear many in the church shortchange God because of their circumstances. That's my concern for many people. Let me ask you a question this way about the pessimistic way of thinking. What does this word say? Someone yell it out. Empty. The word says empty, correct? What does this word say?
she writes, but I was very discouraged. Everything around us was dark, and there was darkness in my heart. I remember telling Betsy that I thought that God had forgotten us. Her sister Betsy said to her, No, Corey, he's not forgotten us. Remember his word? For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. Corey concludes her statement this way. There is an ocean of God's love available. There is plenty for everyone. And God will enable you to never doubt that his glorious love overcomes whatever the circumstances. See, Betsy was quoting from Psalm 103 that underlines what this song today that we're going to look at. But I want you to think about who God is in your life as you listen to these words. And really ask yourself the question, do I think I am full or do I think I am empty? Because the goodness of the Lord Something that's going to make them feel good, 
just like hell. You can have health and wealth and prosperity. Once you become a follower of Jesus Christ, everything becomes easy, they say. It's a life in the pit of hell. Too many preachers have been left alone to preach the wrong theology because they are, quote-unquote, successful. Look at the size of their church. They must be doing something right. I actually had someone come up to me and say, Pastor, they actually have a really great ministry. No, they don't. They're teaching lies from the pit of hell. And we need to call them out for it. There was a young man named Peter who was a disciple of Jesus. And guess what? Paul got into his face. They were nose to nose because Peter was teaching a lie from the pit of hell. And we had pastors back in the day holding each other to an account. We don't have that anymore. So here's the thing. There is wrong that's being taught. And it's affecting everything in our lives. It's scary. There are people not willing to stand up against the false gospel messages that are out there. Too many people put things above God because of their circumstances. In fact, what has been happening to us? Here's our history. 1950s, we had the Korean War. Now we went back to the 50s. I didn't go back to World War I and World War II. 1950s, we had the Korean War. 1960s, we had the Vietnam War. 1970s, we had civil unrest and money problems in the United States. 1981, in my lifetime, Sandra Day O'Connor becomes the first woman Supreme Court Justice. 1981, I'll get back to her in a minute. Sally Rice, the first U.S. astronaut woman. 1983. 1986, the Challenger spacecraft explodes. It blew up right after takeoff. In fact, I remember that event so well, I was in school watching it on TV, and we see it blow up into pieces, and everyone in school is like, what's going on? And the teacher had to shut off the TV. We watched that very event because it was a teacher that was going into space for the first time. All those people died. 1989, oil spills happened. Exxon Valdez, 1991. Gulf War happens. 1993, we have a standoff in Waco, Texas, and 80 people are killed. 1995, Oklahoma City bombing happens. 1999, first mass shooting happens in a school in Columbine. 2000, presidential unrest with hanging chads. This is where many people lost their faith in our elections. That's where it really started. 2001, September 11th happens. 2005, Sandra Day O'Connor finally says she's going to retire. 24 years later. 2007, first woman Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. 2008, we have our first black president ever elected. I could go on. This is our history. Recent history. And what's interesting is God is involved in all of it. He's there, and he knows all of it's going to happen because he has a plan. Now, we think we can try and change what's going to happen. We think we can influence things. Salvation for the world is from His Son. That's what we need to be focused on. 
But are we really listening to this plan? Or are we looking to our circumstances? You and I want to know the goodness of God. I truly believe that many of us here want to know the goodness of God. Then we need to turn to His ways. We need to turn to His word. And we need to see that He has promises that He's going to fulfill every day in our lives. That's the goodness of God. Study has been studying A.W. Tozer, the attributes of God, and it says this about the goodness of God. A.W. Tozer wrote this. He said, quote, A local church will only be great as its conception of God. An individual Christian will be successful or be success or a failure depending on what he or she thinks of God. It's critically important that we have a knowledge of the Holy One that we know what God is like. Women have studied what God is like. Yes, they're using A.W. Tozer, but they also pull the scriptures in. When they look to the goodness of who God is in the midst of their lives, I can tell you right now, if you talk to many of the women in women's ministry right now, study. We do this uh, this Wednesday from 2.30 in the afternoon till 3.30 in the afternoon. We're going to study meaning in life. Is everything meaningless? So we're going to go to Ecclesiastes and we're going to study, is everything in this world meaningless? Is it really what it is? Or can we derive meaning from what God's doing in our lives? Because the writer of Ecclesiastes seems to think all is vanity. Everything is meaningless.
that's scary. 71%. Let me give you another eye-opener. Ready? The Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. Again, this is people ask in the church. 53% agree with this statement. Don't tell me that I shouldn't be preaching against false teaching. Because the Christian culture that we live in is damning us to hell because we're believing lies in the pit. How could any Christian actually think that the Bible, like all sacred writings, contain helpful accounts of ancient myths in trouble. I think it's funny. The Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior doesn't apply today. You want to know how many Christians actually agree with that statement? 
brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the wickedness. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven and he sees all the children of men. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war host horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might, it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His steadfast love, that He may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. What does your soul wait for? God's kind and benevolent. God is kind and benevolent. Let me geek out on you guys for a minute. In the Latin, the word bene means well. Vela means, or vila means to wish. desires all to come to a knowledge of Him. They all, He desires all to come to repentance and turn to His ways. He's praying and hoping that you'll accept His offer of His Son for your payment. Your and my sin was paid by Jesus Christ on the cross. God is hoping this way. The goodness of God is the only valid reason for existence. The only reason underlying all things. None of us have ever received anything in this life because we deserved it. None of us. We received it because God is good to us. See, here's the thing. We all deserve is hard to hear from 
because many of us think about, oh, they're so innocent and they're good and they're they're just they're just children or they're they're just good people. They've never really done anything wrong. I can tell you now, they have broken God's laws. Every single one of us. We all deserve death. But if God isn't good, we would all be left out. But since he is good, and that's his very nature, out of his loving kindness and grace and goodness, we, those who call on his name, we have confidence that he is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Because we know the truth, because we study the truth, because we look to his word for truth, not to some preacher, not to some church. I definitely don't look to the government. I don't look to my money. I've confessed my sins that I do it too, that I've looked to my circumstances and said, God, what do you want me to do? And I've tried to fix things. Yet God is good. God is good all the time. If you truly believe in Jesus, God is good. Because He gives us everything we ever need in this life. Do you know where you will be when you die? Do you know where you're going to be when you die? Because God is good. In fact, Paul says this, I can be sure of this, Philippians 1, 6, that He who began a good work in you, making you more like His Son, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. See, we have work that's been created for us to walk in. Ephesians 2.10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When you do the good work that He set before us by God to do in His goodness and kindness, we get something from it. Do you know what we get? Verse 21 of today's psalm says this, Our whole heart is glad in Him because we trust in His holy name. Let Your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in You. See, we get the Lord. That's the beauty of it. We get all the attributes of God. We get all of the attributes of the Lord in our lives. We get all the goodness and gladness in our hearts because of Him. We get to trust in His holy name because of Him. We get to find hope in hopelessness in the world because of Him. We get steadfastness. In Hebrew, that means loyalty, hesed, loyalty, faithfulness, goodness, graciousness. We get the godly love, the steadfast love of the Lord. Do you know Him, church? Do you know His attributes? Or are you like many of the people in the world in Christendom today in America who think that everyone gets to get there? Everyone's born good. All the sacred writings are the same. Or do you actually know Him? That's my concern. By 2070, the United States of America will not be a Christian nation. I would say to you that by 2070, by 2020, the United States wasn't a Christian nation. Many of the people have lost their understanding of theology. 
we allow people to teach garbage theology? Because they have giant churches, or they, they sell their books, or they, they're on TV, or they're on the radio, and they're not telling the truth of the Word of God. And people are lied to and misled. But God is good. So for all of you, I want you to understand that God has sympathy for us. We get sympathy from God. He feels for us in times of troubles. We get empathy from God as well. He's projected into and flies into our lives, and it's wonderful. Meaning, we have awe and wonder of why God cares so much about us. Why does God care about a wretch like me? I mean, a hymn written so many years ago in the 1700s. He felt it. It was amazing grace. How sweet the sound to save a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. How could someone as horrible as Newton write that? I gave you the story of him a few weeks ago, a couple months ago. He lived a horrible life, and yet God reached him and loved him and cared for him in the midst of his trials, in the midst of his sufferings. We can boldly go to God in prayer, and he will listen to us. Before I close, let me ask you a question. Have you ever stopped and thought about the fact that God is going to something so powerful, I, I can never forget it. She said, why me, God? And then she turned around and said, why not me? It's amazing when you see what God does in our lives and how we can look at circumstances differently when we know the Lord. Do you know the Lord fully in these moments in your life? circumstances. Don't look to see if it's half full or half empty. It's always full because God is there for us. We don't live for here and now. We live for heaven. We live for heaven's sake, for Jesus' sake, for Christ's sake. We live for heaven. We get rewards in heaven because God loves us.